0: You're listening to An Open Dialogue. I'm Violet Howe.
1: And I'm Todger Candle. And it is a new year. Happy New Year, everyone! Happy New Year. That's yes, 2020. It's not only a new year, it is a new decade.
0: Yeah, I got that kind of feels like big, like I we know, should mark it right? somehow.
1: I know. We're now in the roaring, the roaring 20s. Is, are we are we going to be the Roaring Twenties again?
0: Or I don't know. I would go- love for like flapper dresses and beads to make a comeback. I love <laughs> hey, fringe. Anything cool. with fringe, on well, We it.
1: should we should like that that should be a thing. We should except start that. like
0: flapper dresses that are like A-line, so that they would go around my hips. <laughs> <laughs> That that's would be better. That's a very <laughs> specific fashion choice. Yeah, that you're it's the new, here, it's so. the new flapper dress it's that actually flapper. accommodates okay. girls who have thighs.
1: Okay, all right. We'll 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 definitely um, make when when we have our Instagram influencer meeting, we'll make sure that that happens. Yes, we'll definitely. That, so, but it is a great time to brush off those resolutions. If you've already broken them, it's okay. That every day is a new beginning, and we want to make them stick and to kind of help us go in that direction. Today, we are excited to welcome success coach and author Becca Stein. And Becca has been a success coach primarily using the uh, the Gallup Strengths Finder, which is super cool if you haven't done that. Uh, and she's been doing that for 13 years. Um, she's coached 2,000 plus authors and creatives through her Write Better Faster. And strengths for writers classes. Uh, Those include six and seven figure authors, major award winners, mid-listers, and new authors alike. So the whole spectrum. Becca is co-host of the DBW-nominated Smarty Pants book marketing podcast, which is a super fun one, and the host of the QuitCast, She's also a mystery author, and she lives with her wine-drinking cat (laughs) in the mountains of Montana. (laughs) Uh, Becca writes mystery books under R.L. Syme, and under Becca Syme, she writes the quit books for writers, uh, including Dear Writer, You Need to Quit, Dear Writer, You're Doing It Wrong, and Dear Writer, You're in Burnout. Um, Mm. I've known Becca online for several years. I've been an avid follower of the newsletter and podcasts that are produced by Becca and her mother, Chris. And that's the Sparty Pants book marketing brand. Uh, I was thrilled to meet Becca in person for the first time at Nink uh, conference last September, where she led a session that had all of the attendees buzzing and raving. And that was the name I heard at Nink last year. There's always a name. There's always yes. a topic. And yeah. last year, it was Becca. So welcome, Becca. And thanks for being with us today.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I have to say, it was my first time at Nink. I'd never been before. I've been a member for, I don't know. Six years, maybe. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. Isn't like it, it was, it was by far the best conference that I have been to, maybe ever, as a writer. And uh, all of you guys who participated in putting that on, it was so phenomenal.
1: And we will be taking that little blurb out right there and saying, "Becca Symes says, you know, come to the <laughs> Ning Conference." So that's great. We, we exactly.
2: Oh we yeah. And I actually. Like, because I coach so many writers one-on-one, I often will ask people, when they're at certain levels in their career, right, I'll be like, okay, are you a member of this organization? Are you a member of that? And now Nink is the one that I always ask people, if they have enough books out and they make enough money, like, you need to, you just need to join. Like, yeah. it's definitely a good, uh, it's it's a, it's yeah. just, and the conference was, like, worth the cost of membership. Definitely.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, we, we we try to um, we try to keep it at a, at a high caliber, and the cool thing is that because there's so many um, great authors and and um, who are members, and we get we have a nice. Um, we have a nice audience and we have, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's great networking. It's great yep. um, to have all the different people who come and share with us. So, yeah. we're There's just a wealth
0: of, of resources, there, like yeah, the amount is. of knowledge, the amount of exactly. experience, the amount of wisdom. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just whether I you're agree. sitting and listening in a workshop or whether you're. Sitting in the lobby, just you know, talking to people and sharing information—it just is is so yeah. much to learn and so much so or much there to get Sitting
1: gain. at the tiki bar, I learn more at, at the tiki, tiki bar. Tiki yes, bar. <laughs> uh, that's where I do
0: my learning. Is at the tiki yep.
2: bar. So. but Yeah.
1: But that's another topic. So yeah. I have to tell you, um, Becca, that one of the things uh, when when we were first talking about who we were asking uh, to join us on the podcast. Um, and we, and y- your name popped up, of course, very quickly, and I recommended your book, Dear Writer. You need to quit, to Violet, mm. and um, she was like, Yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll have this scheduled here because she was reading something else, but then as she read it. I began getting messages from her that were like quotations from your <laughs> book. And then things just, and then it just said, this book, this book, whatever. <laughs> it, so it all caps with yes. like 10 exclamation <laughs> points. <Nice>. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, needless to say, we're both really happy to have you with us today. Thank you. And yes. Uh, we're excited. So we're going to start by asking you, uh, what led you into coaching authors specifically? Like what, what led you down that path?
2: Yeah, that that's a great question because I was actually a coach um, of both StrengthsFinder and just um, organizational leadership and self leadership before I became a fiction writer. Like I started this uh, back in 2005 and 2006, and uh, because I had gotten a master's degree in uh, transformational leadership, and and I found that I had uh, a really easy time consulting and coaching, and so I started doing that on the side. And, um, I would do it like on the plane and in line at the grocery store, you know, like I would just start list, you know, people would say something and I'd be like, Oh, have you considered, you know, this might be part part of your personality or this is how your brain works or, um, and so I just found myself doing it more and more. And then when I started writing fiction, um, I kind of stopped actively coaching for a while because, you know, I was trying to, like we all do, like I was trying to figure out how to. Be a full time fiction author because I, I loved it. Um, but I found myself coaching authors on the side. Like people, I would do sort of what I did in the line at the grocery store like, oh, this sounds like this and this personality. Have you thought about this? And then um, I got asked to teach a course um, through the Margie Lawson Academy. And, and it really was kind of like, hey, I'll just do this for fun. This will be a, a, an exciting thing. And I didn't realize just, and and you both know this because you've been doing this for so long, we don't often think of ourselves as business owners, but if you were in a business, in a corporate business, you would have some of these tools that, that I had, you know, been providing people because it's best practice, right? Like it's best practice to know who's on the bus and what their um abilities are and how to steward those resources because it's it's a corporate practice right and authors hadn't really made the transition into doing that yet when i started and so um it was kind of cool to get to be a part of that and then it just like ballooned uh from there
0: i want to ask you really quick because i know tadra You know, mentioned that you'd predominantly been with um, with Gallup Strength Finders. Can you can you just tell us just a little bit about that? Just in case people listening like have never heard of that, tell us a little bit about what that is.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a system that was designed to try and figure out and or predict how people would be successful. So there was a a psychologist back in the I, I mean he started this research you know years before they created this, but. Back in the 90s and the 80s, it was, how do we predict and understand success so that I can replicate it, right? And he did all of these interviews. It was like two million interviews of the best of the best in every profession, trying to figure out how is it that we're successful. So it was a very exhaustive study that he did. And what he realized was there were such clear patterns like almost word for word people would use the same language about how they were successful and so um the the teams you know continued to study this and they collated all that data and they made a theory out of it and then they made a test to assess where people fit on that and so the clifton strengths assessment is that is that test and it basically tells you like of all the ways that human beings could potentially be successful what are the top five ways that you will be predictively successful? Uh, like what we say is that you have the capacity for near perfect performance in those uh, you know top areas, and uh, and so what I do is I help people understand and uh, and use those results to get success in their life.
0: Wow, and it's, that's it, that's fascinating. It is. Yeah, it's, it's cool.
1: Fine. I I took it. I took it uh, after your session this year and one of the things that spoke to me was it said that um, context is one of my strengths mm. right and this yeah. this was like a, a validation for me because I am the person who has to tell you and and Violet I think yeah. you, you and I share this <laughs> um, we have to tell you like what happened 10 days before the main purpose so yes yeah. have, have to understand. set it up yeah. <laughs> when, when we're having <laughs> conversations we are like we we, we we always go way back. So, that's, that's good. Yeah. but it gave us. Well, what's interesting
2: validation. about what's interesting about context is that if you think of that as a writer, like the things that you need to know and understand about your characters and your story before you can really get hooked in to the story, like that kind of success pattern is predictive throughout all of your life, right? Not just. Uh, one part, like it's, it's how you will act everywhere. So knowing that about yourself and being able to take advantage of that strength as a writer and lean into that, right? right? Like that's where we really want to be.
0: I think that was one of the things that, that I definitely was like a huge light bulb moment for me in reading your book that there, you know, like all my light bulbs went off at one time (laughs) was when you talked about how, you know, how different people are wired. And so often, we compare ourselves to other people or we look at what other people are doing and we feel like we're failing or we feel Mm. like we aren't accomplishing what we should be accomplishing and we're not taking into consideration that that person has a totally different makeup you know that their strengths are different that that what they need in order to function is different and i think that was very um i I, i've had like a, a rough rough few months with a lot of stuff going on and was really beating up on myself for not being able to accomplish the amount of writing that i that i had set Mm -hmm. as a goal Mm -hmm. and and it was really fascinating to me to read what you wrote and and to to get that there's something i don't know would you call it physically or biologically or whatever Mm -hmm. that there that there's something in me that's different than somebody else I'm comparing myself to where you know if we're in similar situations I may be completely affected differently than that person would be and that was fascinating to me
2: yeah and to know that there is a benefit to being that way like I think we we might innately know like oh this and such person who is well known for writing you know 45 books a year we know that they can do that and and somehow innately i know that i'm different from them but i don't maybe have a word for it yet right but i think there's something wrong with me because i can't do that yeah and i'm like oh no 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 you have like there's a reason why you do that behavior and it's a good reason it's a it's a success pattern like it is a Not just like, oh, honey, it's good that you're wired that way, right? Like where we're trying to placate people, Mm -hmm. but where I can say legitimately like, no, this is an actual, like there are people who are making millions of dollars today because they're wired this way. So don't try to be like that person. Be more like you, and then you'll be more successful.
0: Well, and I think sometimes what our strengths are aren't necessarily seen by society as strengths. Like I I know growing up, like I was – My, my parents are kind of more on the don't show emotion side and Mm. I'm a person who I cry at commercials I mean I can (laughs) (laughs) you know I don't even have to see the movie I could just see the trailer and just you know be waterworks and that was something that was viewed as very negative and it was viewed as very weak and it's Mm. really only in my adult life that I've realized that it's it's actually very empathetic and and as far as like helping me to get into a character's mindset or helping Mm me figuring out what characters would think and feel that's an asset that's a benefit so I do think there's things that we look at as false or flaws or something that we need to to work on or as a weakness that what you're saying is those could actually be strengths if we learn how to cultivate that and use that to move us towards success yeah
2: and of course the key is there are readers who are also wired that way Mm -hmm. and they will innately respond to the way that you are just as yourself right right without needing for you to be like somebody else or write like somebody else or whatever like, That's there are awesome. readers out there who also have high empathy, who also have high context. Like, how can you speak their language and then resonate on a more deep level with them so they'll remember your books and recommend you and that kind of thing? Like, the the, the possibilities of this are really so endless for me.
1: And I can imagine that, that not only the, the creative part, the, the writing part, but also the marketing part, is yeah. that if you know that you are reaching out to to readers i think it's that david Gogren who talks about or maybe it's i don't know uh who, who talks about having a, kind of an image in mind of your yeah. reader like who your who ideal is reader, your reader right? right and so if we know that we are writing books and characters that are uh who are contextual who are uh, empathetic whatever that should also be reflected when we're marketing yes yep right. exactly yeah. so that's interesting we're
0: talking talking about connecting with readers talking about marketing all of these things obviously are things that that we as authors have to deal with it's it's not just that you sit down and write a book there's all these other things involved so Becca what would you say is the number one
2: challenge faced by authors today definitely decision making um which sounds like a weird you know thing uh because it's so nebulous and it's so different for everybody but Like, so many people don't understand their own process of decision making, let alone have a rubric for how to do it. So, for instance, you go to a conference, you hear a really great class, the person who's talking sounds really certain that they're going to solve your problem that you're having, and so you go home and do whatever it was that they said to do, and then you end up not having success with it because it's not something that actually works for how your brain is wired. But instead of questioning the premise of whether the advice was right for you or not, you assume the expert is right and there's something wrong with you and then you beat yourself up. And a lot of people, when they do that, then they don't write mm-hmm. because they're so guilty or they're trying to figure this process out or whatever. And so it causes an insane amount of unproductivity just from a like purely unemotional standpoint, right? We get stuck a lot because we don't know how to make decisions about what we should and shouldn't do. And that's literally why I wrote the books that I wrote is to say like, okay, let's break down the decision making process for you because there is no industry standard. There's there's right. literally no such thing as an industry standard in the publishing industry about almost about anything. and uh, And so you can say like, In another business, like if you were a doctor, you would know how to perform surgery because someone would have taught you how to do it.
0: Right. Or as a teacher, like there were standards provided by the state. So I knew like, okay, these are the things I have to teach.
2: Yep. And as an author, there just isn't that. And of course, these days, like with indie publishing, so what's so great about it is that it's open. Anybody can do it. But that also means that anybody can do it. And so there are people out there who are saying things, you know, giving advice, selling products or whatever, and most of them are actually good people. Like most of them mean well, they just don't know that their product really only works for people who are like them and they don't know how to communicate that. And so that's kind of, you know, my thing is like, okay, let's, let's talk about how you make decisions. How do you listen to people? Um, how do you say yes and no? What's worth your time? That kind of stuff.
1: Right. Fascinating. And that, that, that's, that has hit home very hard for me, so I, I appreciate yeah. that. So now uh, you have your, your, your coaching side, your, your nonfiction side, but you did say that you kind of uh, came into coaching authors through your fiction yeah. uh, uh, door there. So, how has um, what, you, what you write about as a nonfiction author and what you coach and how you coach and whatever, how does that affect what you do as R.L. Syme? As as mystery author, does R.L. Syme listen to Becca? Does she Yes, practice? that's a really Do, great question. Does she practice you know, what you preach?
2: You know what's funny is, um, I probably would have said up until July or August of this year, uh, I would have answered no to that question. Uh. <laughs> 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 uh, and then I actually hit burnout this year, pretty uh. bad, and I, it was um, it was uh, right after Nink. And, um, and it was, it was so extreme. Like my burnout pit was so extreme. Um, I had to stop podcasting. I had to st- like, I, I couldn't, um, communicate. I couldn't like, I couldn't make sentences. I was so burned wow. out. And, uh, and, and it really was, I was trying to do way too much, which of course is funny because I had just written, <laughs> dear writer, are you in burnout? And I wasn't even <laughs> listening to myself and, um, my, my best friend, who's my assistant, she was like, uh, you are in burnout. You need to stop pretending like you aren't. And, uh, and so that was really, you know, that was, that was beneficial, but I don't, I think as a fiction author, even though i knew logically and this is the same as we all are like this we all know logically that we're not like each other right, we know right. logically that we don't ha- but but we don't feel it right and so you have to feel that in addition to the logic and i just was so caught up in like oh i haven't released a book in so long mm-hmm. you know i haven't my fiction fans were like emailing me constantly about this you know mystery series that i write and I was feeling so much pressure. And instead of just saying, you know what, I, I don't have time for that right now. Um, I just kept going and going and, uh, and then I burned out. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to take a step back from the fiction platform for a little bit and, and be okay with it and know that it's going to come back. It's not like I'm never going to write fiction again, but, but I'm not promising fiction to anybody anymore. And that was kind of a big, uh, that was a big, shift for me right
1: a relief i would uh, assume a lot of ways yes (laughs) i can hear that in your voice (laughs) yeah definitely hear it yeah 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 that's good it's it's good to know
0: so uh, now you don't just coach authors like do you coach Mm -hmm. all kind of creatives you coach all Mm -hmm. kind of people so um yeah talk to us a little bit about that because i know like you know we have a lot of of listeners who are not authors and i don't want them to feel like you know what you what you preach since we just said practice what you preach uh, that 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 isn't good for anybody it's not just authors so talk to us a little bit about how success coaching can benefit people no matter what line of work they're in
2: well the interesting thing is that um if you're a creative and not an author like um some of the people that I coach are like producers uh dancers poets singers you know things like that screenwriters and which is still writing but um uh, actors, stuff like that. The creative process is very similar for everybody who's a creative. Anytime right. you have to produce a product out of your brain, um, you know that that process is very similar to writing, and so that's nice. And I still encourage those people to take uh, write better, faster, and then we just do a lot of customizing for them um, where it says write, we put in whatever verb is theirs. But additionally, we also coach, um, we have now a live better, faster class that is for everybody who's not a writer, um, which is the same exact process of trying to find your best place for success, but it gets at it through, um, like general principles instead of through writing. And then additionally, we also coach a lot of like college students and, uh, uh, people who are trying to figure out what to do with their lives and stuff like that uh, Career Transitions We do a lot of that um, But Gallup also does a ton of corporate consulting Where they send people into organizations to use this as like team building and management uh, They have this really big process for managers right now that they're pushing out um, And so it really is just an alignment process like all across the board for anybody
0: Okay. Um, I was listening to a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago that my son had recommended and the, the gentleman on the podcast had an interesting concept where what if every 10 years we kind of like made it universally available that every 10 years people could stop what they're doing, retrain, start into a new field Mm. and, and try something different. And if we kind of like set that up as society, that that wasn't that you were failing at whatever you were doing before—that it was just something that was normal. That you know, mm-hmm. we, if if people were happy doing what they're doing, that's great. But if they wanted to do something else, that we could stop and retrain. And I thought that was a very interesting concept because I know I've had, I've had several. Careers over the course of of my adult life and I feel like with every one of those, you know I've, I've learned about different aspects of myself or found different aspects of myself so mm. I, I, f- I find that interesting and kind of in line with what you're saying of like, you know, when you go through a transition or whatever kind of figuring out um, Who you are and what your strengths are and, and what your path to success could be because it may be something mm-hmm. that you've been doing for years may not be where you're supposed to be or what you're, you know, what you're supposed to be doing or what would be best for you to do, I guess.
2: That's yeah. fascinating. We we see that a fair amount, I think, because um, there are a lot of people now who are more aware than they used to be. And I think some of that is um, partly the availability of information in a way that, yeah. you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have the way, the, the way that you can just have everything at your fingertips all the time. So I think people are a lot more aware of the opportunities that are out there. And I'm seeing like our our career transitions, we see a lot more people doing that than we used to. And so I think we're we're headed in a place. uh, I, I think we're headed to that place that he was talking about. And of course, a lot of authors are this way, because most of us are not starting being authors at 18 years old or 22 years old like we're actually coming to this as a second or third or fourth career most of us
0: right very true
1: very true I kind of I kind of have this this resentment against the ones who are coming at 18 19 and are like oh Yeah. yeah this is what this is all I've ever known I'm like really you haven't yeah you haven't because i think that (laughs) uh, i
0: I know for me it was something that i always wanted to like writing and acting i knew from a very young age is is what Mm -hmm. i wanted to do i mean i would say from probably like three or four that was already what i was telling people that i wanted to be and that's never changed Mm -hmm. but you know my parents who both had like, you know, accounting and teaching backgrounds, Mm -hmm. those weren't considered quote unquote valid careers, you know, writing and acting, those were folly. That was something that, you know, you were going to starve if you pursued that was kind of that mindset. And I do think Becca, what you're saying, like there's a, there's a shift where I do think we think more about our careers and whether or not they're fulfilling, whether or not it's something that we're happy doing. And I, and I think that that wasn't something that was afforded, to prior generations. And some of that may be, you know, things that people have gone through the depression or wars or things like that. I mean, I know like my grandmother worked in a factory from the time she was 15 until she was 65. And I don't Mm -hmm. think it was ever an option for her to say, is this fulfilling? Am I really, you know, am I experiencing my greatest self doing this? I I think it was just a necessity. That's what you did. Am I living
2: my best life? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So I think that, that that's something where, you know, we are coming into an age or a time when we take that into consideration definitely. Yeah. especially people yeah. that are younger like okay well what you know what do i want to do with my life and and mm-hmm. do i want to get stuck in a position or do i want to explore different things so yeah. that's interesting
1: it is uh, i think we are among the first maybe not the first but among the first generations who have that luxury to say mm-hmm. and certainly in this country because it's not worldwide right people can say mm-hmm. right uh, how do i want to live my best life uh, so it really is a a, a positive yeah. thing we kind of t- tend to look at it at times like a uh like a like a burden how do i choose i i have having children who are in that age range between mm. 19 and you know 30 i i am s- seeing this a lot so it's it's yeah. uh I, I often say you guys this is a benefit you know yeah Like my
0: son just finished an internship with a, with a very large corporation and I asked him like, okay, having done this internship, do you feel like you want to, you know, work there? Um, do you feel like you'd want to get a long-term job there when you graduate? And, um, uh, he was like, well, you know, probably not in my 20s. It's a great company <laughs> and I can see me coming back there. But I think in my 20s, I kind of want to live different places and explore a few different other things. And that's something that, again, that's a luxury to be able to yeah. say, like, you know, if I was offered a great job with this company that I would probably work for the rest of my life until retirement, I don't think I would take it now. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? That's not something yeah. that, that previous generations, I think, had the, uh, the luxury to afford to consider. So,
2: Oh, yeah. I agree. So now right.
1: we are at the, as we said, we're at the beginning of, of a new year, a, a new decade, a fresh new horizon. So Becca, uh, what advice would you offer to authors or to really anybody in any industry, uh, since we said that, that a lot of this is transferable, um, as we're at the beginning of a new year, what would be uh, an idea for changing a bad habit, embracing a new, healthier, more effective way of doing things, of um, seeing... Seeing what you're, who you are and and what you do in a fresh way. What would you suggest?
2: Yeah, that's a great question because if you've read my books, you know that I, I'm going to say, well, first of all, you only change one thing. Right. Like True. very, mm-hmm. very narrow. Uh, <laughs> the the metaphor I always use to talk about this is um, we only have a certain amount of capacity for change right. because our life is a system and it's going to have inertia it's going to push and and live and continue right and so if our life is a system and we only have a certain amount of capacity to change that system at one time if you imagine you have a hundred pennies to change something and you spend 10 pennies getting 10 steps in 10 directions then you could have spent a 100 pennies in one direction and actually gotten somewhere because if you only get 10 steps in 10 directions, then you fail failed to get anywhere, really. Right, right. You know, if it's yeah. 100 steps away, if, ch- if true change is 100 steps away. And so I always say, like, change one thing, first of all. That's the, the biggest deal. And, and because this is often a time where we're doing things like casting around for advice and looking for who's got the best motivational tools or whatever, I say, don't look to other people to see how you're gonna be successful. Look backwards, this'll be ironic with you guys with your context, right? (laughs) Look backwards to your own success that you've had in the past and see where your patterns are. Because there's a good chance, for instance, if you have never been successful using a planner before, 2020 is not going to be the year that you're going <laughs> to suddenly become successful. Becca, are you talking to me? Yes. To her, what did you tell her?
1: <laughs> no, I, I was thinking about the fact that, that this time last year, I bought four different planners about four yeah. different aspects of my life, and they're sitting right here.
0: And they yeah. I just went period. last night to Michael's because they were on sale, and I bought ones to replace the blank ones that yeah. I still <laughs> have from 2019. Okay, so,
1: so we understand this. This is a good this yes. is a good point. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So,
2: so if you are not a person who's had that kind of success before, where have you had success? So a lot of people who are not planner people, it's because they, if it's closed, they're not going to look at it. Right. Yes. So like, I'm not going to open it unless I have to open it, unless there's a pressure for me to open it. And so if I really want to, and and again, not everybody is a long range planner. Like I'm actually, um, not everyone, I'm a fan of saying not everyone is anything, right? But specifically when it comes to planning, not everybody gets inspired by looking at the goals that they want to accomplish in 10 years or at uh, the broken down, you know, what we want to do every 90 days for the next ad infinitum. Like Not everybody is good at that. And, and so there's some benefit to saying Okay, when have I had success? Maybe you had a wall calendar that every single time you had a big important thing, you would write it on there a few weeks ahead of time. And then you'd make sure that you hit that thing a few weeks ahead of time. And so you might be a smaller vision, like a, a shorter term vision, but you might also be pressure prompted by external things. So it might be better for you to set up external accountability as opposed to trying to create internal accountability for yourself from, you know, a store that doesn't exist, right? Because not everybody is internally motivated. And that's the other piece is like if you have had, if you have not had success with something don't keep assuming that you're just doing it wrong. It's possible that you're not wired to have success that way. And so then look back at your past successes and try and take lessons from those.
0: This wiring thing is just huge. Yeah. Like it, it, it is. really is. And like the more that you talk about it and after reading the book, like I, that is just such a huge thing that, yep. you know, we wouldn't think that we're suddenly going to, if our house is, is wired a certain way that suddenly we're gonna plug something in and something totally different is gonna happen (laughs) you know but we expect that of ourselves and that's uh, that's so interesting
1: very true Very true.
0: all right well so suppose that like me people are suddenly like really interested in this topic and they want to (laughs) learn more from you and they want to find out more from you Um, tell us how how can we how can we find you how can we get more of this information
2: so I would go to the Quick Cast first because it's the free resource, and and you'll be able to tell from the Quick Cast episodes if this is going to resonate with you or not. Okay. Um. And so I would go and watch those, and uh, and I would start from from episode number one because on on the Quick Cast we have a mantra that is we want to talk about what to keep, what to quit, and what to question, and so the very first three episodes are about those three topics. And then and where do people kind of find begin.
0: that? Where do people find the Quick Cast? on youtube
2: okay um it's a it's a youtube channel currently we're hoping to add audio for stitcher and itunes this year um and then backdate all the episodes on there so they'll be there too but for right now we're just on youtube okay and uh and then the betterfasteracademy.com is kind of the central location for all the links so if you can't remember anything remember betterfasteracademy.com and you can find all the free resources the books are on that website, the classes are on that website, um, and then I also do a Patreon channel where, like, I do content that's not class-related, um, just for the, the Patreon supporters who are podcast listeners. So that's uh, that's kind of the the best place to go, is to start at the QuickCast.
1: And, of okay. course, all of your books are also linked on there. Your books are on, yep. um, on Amazon and uh are th- they're wide correct
2: they're wide they yep. are
1: yes so they are on amazon on apple books Kobo, barnes and noble google yep. um and 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 i would definitely as you're listening to uh you know the quit cast i would also be picking up dear writer you you should quit or yeah. you know and all the other ones and yeah. read through them because they will um they will really make you uh They'll Look make your yourself. light bulbs go on. Yeah, they'll make yeah. it. Th- that's it. They'll all, you'll have that's little <laughs> bing, 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 <laughs> little light bulbs. Make sure you have a friend you can text. And, and yes. Yeah. Uh, so exactly. This book. Yes. This book. Yes, so anyway, yeah. yeah, so that would be great. So we're so appreciative that you came with us today. We're all inspired. Are you inspired by that?
0: i'm very inspired there and thank you go. so much thank you for sharing uh your knowledge yeah. and your experience and thank you for helping all of us to kind of be the the best version we can be and be the most successful Absolutely. we can be so thank you so much okay.
2: thank you. oh you're welcome it was a pleasure to be here it was great to meet you guys in person at nink and uh, i'm really happy that you invited me
0: Thank you. thank you thank you, thank you so much all right, if you would like to listen to more or find out more, um, we you can find us on Facebook at An Open Dialogue. You can also email us. We are an Dialogue one at gmail.com. Of course, if you wanted to follow me or Tadra <laughs> or both, <laughs> as she corrected me last episode, um, you can find her on todracandle.com, I'm on violethow.com, and of course, we are on all your favorite social media channels. So okay. thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you, and let us know if you have any Questions or comments on this episode, visit our Facebook page and drop a line.
1: Sounds good. Thank you so much. Happy New Year and bye bye.
0: Happy New Year. Bye.